Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. Now, today on the show, we have channeler Julie Poole. And Julie and I had a live channeling session talking about the multiverse, parallel dimensions, quantum jumping, and much more. Hold on to your seats on this one, guys. Let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Julie Poole. How are you doing, Julie? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me, Alex. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our conversation about your remarkable life story, where you've gone to so far, the trials and tribulations, and this insanity that is channeling and and, <laughs> and what it's done for your life and all sorts of questions. So that's always my first question. What was your life like before the insanity that is channeling and coming out of the spiritual closet and all this kind of stuff? It was a push me, pull you being pulled in two different directions. Am I in the business world? Am I in the spiritual world? I'll go there. No, I'm better there. No, I don't know. Back and forth for the first, um, I would say half of my life up to about 40. Um, assuming I'm going to go on till about 80, we'll see the first half was the push me, pull you. <laughs> but um, I was spiritually aware as a child and it was part of who I am from seven or eight years old. I could see um, energy and I was aware of um, tensions, atmospheres, difficulties, healing energies that were needed, fights. I could walk into a room and go, mm, as we most of us can, what's wrong? And people go, nothing collectively it's like I know there's something I can feel it and it just got stronger by the time I was 12 or 13 I was reading everything I could get my hands on and back then in the 70s there wasn't a lot of it um but what there was I was digesting at a rate of knots I remember my dad saying to me some of the books I was reading at 11 12 were not necessarily age appropriate um so Doris Stokes mediumship books healing books um and then I moved over to the more occult side I'm reading devil books devil ride out I'm reading Dennis Wheatley I'm reading horror books I'm digesting everything and by the time I'm 17 18 I've got a very good dialogue going on with my guides who I can see and talk to and my spiritual team. Um, 
but I moved into a normal life, you know, children and job. Um, but I would go along to spiritualist churches. Um, I tried every church known to man through my teens. I'm like, no, don't agree with that. No, you're wrong on that. I was very precocious at nine years old. I'm telling the vicar, no, no, that's that's wrong. <laughs> that's not what my friend Jesus says. And he's kind of what you read that in the Bible. No, he tells me, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, you get to the point where you think, I'm lucky I haven't been locked up and carted away, you know, because I see things. Not like the little boy in Sixth Sense of seeing dead people. I did start to see dead people. Spirit, when I was a child, freaked me out. I wet the bed. I didn't like it. And I went, no, I don't want to see any more of that. But I'm happy to hear you and talk with you and talk with you in my head and see the energy of trees and animals and plants and fine. But I don't want to see dead people. And I never have. So wicked. <laughs> so, so in terms of how was my life, I built a career. I worked in... Um, I guess healing kind of energy, but not. So I was working in homelessness, supported housing, helping people get their life together, helping vulnerable people get themselves on the right path. Lots of support, worked my way up to a reasonable level, had teams and staff and, you know, all sorts of things. But I kept wanting to be pulled back into the healing, hands-on, spiritual readings, intuition, all of that. But I had a very fixed belief that I can't earn in the spiritual world what I can earn in the business world. And I've got a family to feed and a mortgage to pay. And, you know, um, natural kind of, earthly grounded things to be done but eventually the pull was too great and I just said I'm really unhappy in this world and I need to rebalance and go and do what feels right for me so I quit the day job as I retrained uh, as a hypnotherapist because again I still was in that I can't just do readings and energy and things like that I need to have something but something that I could tie in with my spiritual beliefs that had always been there I mean I was in boarding school at 12 13 and I was doing hands-on healing for the girls in the dorm when they had their monthly periods going I can take that away you know but I wanted to pin it on something official and becoming a hypnotherapist gave me a little bit of um, credit, a little bit of normalcy. I didn't sound quite so bonkers when people say, what do you do? Um, and, you know, to say I'm a hypnotherapist, whereas now, you know, I say I'm a YouTuber, I'm a tarot reader, I'm a healer, I'm an author, I'm a writer. And they're like, oh, you're one of those weird people, you know. Um, it's not as bad as it used to be in 2023. I've been around this for nearly 50 years. So, um, you know, it, the 70s and 80s were the worst. It got a bit better. Um, and when we passed the 2000 millennium, it certainly eased off quite a bit. Angel shops springing up, circles and spiritual groups, spin, you know, popping up. And by then, around that time in 2000, I'd been around this for so long that I was seen as somewhat of an expert and people coming to me, asking me to run a circle, run a development, teach them how do I do this? So I started doing that and the hypnotherapy and the healing um, I've been doing ever since. So when you first um, started to hear or see your team, 
did you just have a knowing or did you kind of freak out? Well, I'd kind of been aware of them from 7 to 17 in the background. I couldn't see them, but I could hear them. I would get a sense of extra light in the room. I would get a sense of extra comfort in the room. Um, but I was 17, 18, around that time when I first actually saw them. It was late at night. I was very upset. Um, and yeah, I can remember sitting there on the sofa crying and asking for help and saying, I really need you. You know, I can't do this on my own. And all of a sudden I saw one of my guides in front of me and then another two or three with them. And then I realized that I was surrounded and the whole room filled up with light. And that was me kind of that relationship with them solidified and strengthened at that point. Um, and I just accepted it. And I was blessed because it was in the family. Um, so, you know, mm. it's not as weird and wacky as it would be for some people. Uh, my grandmother was incredibly intuitive. I used to watch her go to answer the door before the doorbell had rung and think she must have heard somebody coming down the path. And, you know, by the time I was 17, she said, oh, no, I would just know that somebody's coming. Um, and she told me of some visions that she'd had. And then her daughter, my aunt, my dad's sister, she actually became an ordained spiritualist minister around about 40, probably when I was about 20. So, you know, she was a psychic. She was a spiritualist minister and teacher. Um, and although I moved away from the whole spiritualist kind of movement, it was a very good grounding a background but again it was like many churches it has its dogma it has its rules I'm not good with rules I don't believe that's the way the universe works um and you know I kind of pulled away from that in my mid-30s but it was a good grounding you know in terms of past lives and karma and the connection I have with source God Jesus that kind of thing was very good and grounding but it's much bigger than that. I broke away and kind of found my own sense of oneness with the universe. Um, I kept changing as well. So my guides were with me for about 20 years, uh, very shamanic, very earthly, kind of First Nation type energy. Um, my whole house was filled with rattles and drums and feathers and white sage and everything else. And then one day um, my guide came along and he said, we're off now, kind of bye bye. And I just went, what the hell? Hey, what? Um, and he introduced me to a nun. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And I just kind of went, I don't think so. <laughs> That's not happening. Um, and he said, just trust us. We've taken you as far as, you know, we can take you now. It's time. Um, and I'd been working with White Eagle for a couple of years, about three, three to five years. He'd been around and then quite a lot in the last couple of years. And he came in and he said, it's time for you to move to a different vibration this nun came in um which completely confused me and then a couple of days later my room is filled with angels and I thought oh hence the nun because they believe in angels and I was brought up as a protestant 
you know, and we, we don't really do angels in the Protestant bit, they do in the Catholic bit. So this nun came in, introduced me to some angels, then she popped off and left me with the angels. And within about three months, I had sold, gifted, got rid of everything that was shamanic in the house. I felt no resonance with it at all. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. bought everything that was angelic. And then another couple of years go by and all of a sudden it's everything Buddha and Buddhist and Zen. And I'm into all of that. And then all of a sudden I'm, you know, studying Reiki and energy more and movement. And then eventually about 10 years ago, I kind of get to where I am now. It's the law of attraction. It's right. You know, all these different vibrations, you know, all these different energies. Now you pull the whole thing together and realize that you can work on all these different levels and dimensions and you go where you need to go. And so as a teacher, healer, intuitive, whoever I'm working with, I can just go into the energy that they are holding and work with it. So now my spiritual team is made up of many different beings of light of different dimensions and levels. And whilst I have channeled, you know, some well-known famous bods um like seth and thoth and um jesus and everything else eli is my spiritual team um and eli is just a collective name for them and when i said you know well so who's eli they said well we are um and it's not really our name it's the energy and you can call it empowering loving information you can mm -hmm. call it whatever you want it's an acronym that we give you information that's going to help you empower others um that that information is coming from a place of love and light that it is there to inspire and inform. And other than that, names are irrelevant. They're labels, they're boxes. We are a collective energy. So I've been working on these different dimensions of vibrations for a long time. And, you know, last summer when they came through and said, right, it's time to write the book. I knew there was another book coming. And they mm -hmm. said, we're writing this and they we're just going to give you the information. When when it's a when it's a subject you know, we'll just leave you to it and you'll just write. And when it's something you don't know, we'll tell you. So that book was a flow of part me and part Eli. Um, whenever I don't know something, I'm kind of what? And then they explain it and then I, I write it in. Um, but it was the same with my angel books. I wrote my first angel book in 23 days and it's a full novel, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of whoosh. They just, they just channel it through me. It's that the teaching I did for 20 years, they're like, we want, I used to teach, um, I'm a bit, Sorry, I'm disjointed. I'm aware of that. Um, I was teaching circle and development classes three a week. And so 12 per class, about 36 people. And about 2010, 11, they said to me, put everything in a book that you're teaching, but make it fun, make it a fiction, make it rom-com, make it, mm -hmm. you know, make it something that people would be interested in, but put the teaching out there that's going to hit the masses. You can teach more than 12 people in a go, you know, so that's where those books came from. Um, but I kind of shot myself in the foot because it's neither spiritual nor is it fiction. It's both. And so you fall in the hole because it doesn't fit pigeonholed nicely. But with um, the latest book, it's like, just make it clear. This is a law of attraction book. This is a how to live your best life book. Clear. Make it easy. Make it simple. Make it. And I'm like, OK, so that's what we've done. And that's what it's doing.
So did you, it sounds like you've kind of been very open about your spirituality and your gifts throughout your life, but you did kind of, were you closeted at some point? And if you were, how did you come out and how did you deal with it? Yeah, when I was moving into, in the in the UK, I live in, in the UK here, and we have local authorities like councils that kind of run the services for the local area. If they'd known, especially back in the 80s and 90s when I was moving through that world, if they knew what I did, I would have been out the door, end of, no discussion. So it was very, very quiet and cosseted. Um, so the people that I knew as close friends they knew that I was into this stuff. But it was almost kind of go off to the spiritualist church on a Sunday in secret. Don't let anybody see you. Go to a different town so that you're not seen. It definitely was like that through the 80s. Um, And I would say into the 90s, I was still like that. So I did what I did, um, but it was, you know, you didn't advertise that you did readings or healings, you know, that you didn't put even a sign in the window. It was word of mouth. Um, But by 2000, Mm -hmm. I mean, I walked away from the whole thing and said, this is who I am. I'm out of the closet. This is what I do. And I was called a lot of names and some of them not just teasing. You know, it was you're really weird. Um, You know, you're sick. You're twisted. Um, The devil's got you. Obviously. Uh, Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, I personally don't believe in the devil. Uh, I just believe it's an absence of light. But I would sort of say, oh, yeah, we're good friends. Don't worry about it. You know, I would just (laughs) make a joke of it. But um, yeah, it was you had to be careful to be in the business world and be taken seriously. You could not be seen to be one of those weird spiritualist people who talk to dead people. Um, You just couldn't. So you said that you would have been out. Are you talking about out of your job or oh, like yeah. Yeah. out of your job, but not exactly. like you're not going to be burned at the stake? No, I'm not <laughs> going to be burned at the stake. But I would have, uh, I probably would have been kind of burned at home in terms of I'm paying the mortgage. I'm the main breadwinner, right. um, you know, sure. and I think sure. my teenage boys at that stage especially my eldest one who was very sporty who needed all of the Nike trainers and the the ex- got it he would not have been happy he would not have been a happy bunny at all no so you so you've had to do a really and and I think most of my guests especially the channelers have to do this balancing act yeah um especially as they're coming up um, you know, especially their family they have to think of more than just themselves but at a certain turning point they just I don't, this is who I am. I'm out of the closet. Here's my website. Here's, let me go on to some interviews. And that's the same thing for near death experiencers as well. I found that that's, they got to kind of balance this almost other life. It absolutely is a balancing act. And, you know, to be able to, on the one hand, you could, as a Christian, you could go to church on a Sunday and be quite open about it. You could be discussing, um, you know, what went on at church on Sunday at work without a problem. Although, you know, we're all mindful, don't bring religion and politics into it. But it wouldn't have been an issue if, you know, I'd have said, you know, we were discussing this at church on Sunday. But to say I was, we were discussing this a spiritualist church on Sunday would have raised some eyebrows but you know there were some laws coming in at that time around equality and in terms of you know not treating people differently because of their religious beliefs and I actually pulled that card at around about 
2001 or two, where I uh, I put in a complaint against some other colleagues for basically ripping me apart. I can take it, but I just thought it comes at a point where somebody needs to take a stand to say what you're saying is not acceptable. So I did push the push the bounds there, um, which is something that I will do if I feel strongly enough about it. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I did a bit of both. You know, I walked away from the big business world. I retrained as a hypnotherapist. I'm allowing myself then to teach the spiritual circles two or three times a week. I'm doing some readings and going to mind, body, spirit fairs. Um, I'm openly publicizing that I do this. But I also kept a part time job for a year or two while I'm building this business <laughs> on the side. And while I'm keeping this part time job, it's, it was then when I was openly um spiritually conscious and showing it and practicing it that I was getting I would say actively harassed at work for my beliefs and that's when I just shut it down and went I'm not having this I'm putting in a formal complaint uh, which I won and they shut the hell up so we were good um but I was only there long enough to set my business up and give me an income while I was you know we sure. um shifting that balance over um, which was completed by 2003. So for the last 20 years, it's been me doing this. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And when I have dipped back in um, to the business world as a consultant, which I've done periodically, I'm quite open that this is what I do. And it's so different now because people go, oh, how interesting. Oh, you're right. such an interesting person to talk to. And I've become almost the party piece rather than the person <laughs> to put in the corner of the room that you're shamed of, you know, don't admit to knowing her. I don't know who invited her. I don't know her. That's the way it used to be. And now all of a sudden it's, have you met my friend, Judy? She's this psychic, you know, she's quite, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, let me talk to her. And everybody gets very excited now. And do you know, I love that because it shows how far we come. It yeah. shows how open we are now. And that's wonderful. You know, and I'll be—I'll tell you the truth. Even though I am not a psychic, uh, and I don't have any particular powers, uh, people find out what I do, and they—I'm the party favor. I'll be like, "So tell me about near-death experiences." I'm like, "What are channels? Like, can you? Is it real? Are they putting on an act?" And and all of a sudden, there's a crowd that gathers around, and they just because then you start talking about deep, philosophical, spiritual conversations. That that's what I love doing about this show is that there's so many different ways to bring somebody in. And once they come in off of one interview on the topic they're interested in, it opens them up to so many other ideas and seeds that could be planted. So it's uh it's fascinating. It it has changed a lot. I remember growing up in the 80s and my family as well had in my cultures, the Latino culture, this is talked about constantly, you know. Like they say as a joke, like, oh, that person's having a really bad time. They need a limpieza, which means they need a cleaning. They need literally someone to come in and just like yeah. white sage them, <laughs> 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 you know, and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was really interesting. Now, you, so you have Eli that you channel. Uh, do you think we could bring Eli in to answer a handful of questions for us? Yes, we can do that. And now, what is your process? So tell me what your process is. How does it feel? 
Do you okay. come in and out? Are you trans? Do you energize? Is it weak in you? All that kind of stuff. I am uh, a conscious channeler. So um, my first experience with channeling, um, just to kind of put it in context, was back in the early 80s where <laughs> I first saw um, Lazarus. And that Lazarus was channeled by Jack Jack Purcell. He was still around. Um, and it was the most incredible experience, my first experience with a channeler. But he sat in a stool with his eyes closed and talked to the audience. And the wisdom coming out of his mouth was incredible. And then about 10 years on, I, I first was introduced through a video, VHS video, to Janie King, who was channeling Patar. And she got up and she moved around and her eyes are open and she's talking to everybody. Australian lady, incredible knowledge that came out of her. And I remember saying to my team at the time, if ever I am advanced enough or light enough or pure enough or whatever the hell the word is to be able to channel, I want to do it with my eyes open. I'm not sitting on a chair. I, I want to be able to just talk. And so when it started for me um, channeling around about 2011, probably, um, it was eyes open. Um, people do say to me, my eyes change. It looks like they're different for somebody's else's eyes um, but I'm perfectly conscious of what's going on I just kind of step to one side and let them come in um, and they just talk so I, I and do, do you so remember and do you remember yeah, yeah I remember everything uh, well yes and no I remember at the time what they're saying I'm aware of it consciously um, and I tend to channel a lot my readings like this but if you ask me 10 minutes later what have they said I don't know because um, it's come through me rather than from me. So, you know, I can kind of, I'm half conscious of what it is, but I'm not really, um, I can't get the detail of what was said. So I do this a lot on my YouTube channel where I say to people, post questions and I'll ask Eli what those answers are if I'm doing live. It's quite difficult when I'm doing live and I do it myself because I've got to keep pulling out of the connection with Eli to read the question. So it's much easier. I think this is probably the first time where I've been interviewed and I'm saying to Eli, you're being interviewed. What do you want to say? And I haven't got to kind of pull myself out to look at the questions. So this is a first oh, for me. So um, awesome. thank you. Okay. I, I appreciate you doing that for me in the audience. Thank you so much. Okay, so let's welcome Eli. What would you like to know? Hello, Eli. Uh, so first question I have for you is, what is the purpose or mission of your collective consciousness? Of, of your collective consciousness at this time in history? It is to continue to raise the vibration and the awareness of such wondrous, mm, exciting times as we are currently in. So, my dears, you know we have been awakening and people such as yourself and many others are encouraging and allowing, enabling the awakening to increase at this time. More and more awakening is so exciting, so wondrous, so beautiful. We get mm, so excited to see this. So our mm, mission, if you like, is to work with people such as this one, Julie, to be able to... Mm, normalize to um, bring into bear that this is who you truly are you know no more needing to hide no more needing to um, as you said earlier close it we like this so many for many um, many millennia have been closet 
you make the decision when you come down into this soul body for all of these lifetimes to forget who you are, too dangerous to show who you are, too many persecutions, too much danger. This time that you are in is the first time ever, we would say ever, close to Lemuria, close to Atlantis, but never this open, awakened, never this raw to be truly who you are in your light. And so we come to assist and this, this is in our interest too, your interest to awaken, our interest to help you awaken, because it is not just you, the people of the earth, Gaians, that are awakening, increasing your vibration, your purity, your consciousness, your light, your love, your heart, your oneness with all that is. But as you raise your vibration, we too raise ours. And so as helping you, all across the multiverses, the vibration raises, consciousness raises, and mm, connections raise, connections strong, becoming stronger. You see? Do. Now, how do you perceive and understand human consciousness? The human consciousness and the soul consciousness are two separate things. However, that separateness is melding molding into one so until this point the human consciousness what many call the ego but is not quite correct in that term the human consciousness is within the awareness of the human self and so the human self is we do not like to use the word limited but it is not as limitless as the soul um the soul consciousness is totally limitless there is no beginning or end it is total mm, freedom and so you have had for mm, many many mm, millennia this separate consciousness of the human and the consciousness of the soul and you come together and you tap into it a little bit and then pull back and a little bit more and pull back so now we have this more mm, intertwining we would say interweaving between the two and so when it is connected like this you are aware that part of that connection is the human connection and part of it is the soul connection and that the human benefits from the soul connection but has to be within a framework that the human mind, the human brain can comprehend for the soul side of it, if you like. The universal side of it is so vast that the human brain would blow a gasket. We like this. We heard this before. We like this. To blow a fuse, it's too big. It's too powerful. So we mm, help you to navigate the awareness of the other consciousness in a way that is safe for you. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. So we will open little pathways, let some in, let the brain become one with that and then open a little more. So for example, you are aware that the human brain only uses 
three to five percent of its capacity. The majority of humans use less than that, but some of you use three to five percent. That immediately tells you all that you have an excess capacity of up to 97 percent, 95, 97 percent. So the soul consciousness is starting to open that a little bit, but needing to be done in a way that is understandable for you. Many of you talk about downloads that you are receiving and you may not understand the conscious awareness of those downloads, but you trust that one day you will have an aha moment and you suddenly have this new awareness. And that is happening a lot now um, in this year and will continue to open more and more stretching the capacity for the consciousness over the coming decade. Um, this will continue throughout mm, 75, 80 years. But the next 10 years is this big stretch, this big growth. It began, mm, well, I mean, it's been beginning for a long time, but you would have been aware of the big stretch around about 2011, 2012, the portals opening the expansion, 2019, another big one. On a conscious human level, 2020, with all of the pandemic, huge shifts and changes, but the awareness was already in place to open up those changes, which you then took the ball and run with as a people's, although you did it without mm, conscious awareness and reluctantly, but in, you did it indeed. And so now you take that forward. Does this make sense? It makes perfect sense. Thank you, Eli. What insights can you provide about the nature of reality and our existence? The nature of reality and what is reality. There are so many different levels of reality and consciousness and dimensions across multi-dimensions, multi-verses. So when you say what is real, what is reality, it will depend on where you are standing within your dimensional awareness. We are aware that you and this one loves the matrix and these different reality dimensions and other many, many wondrous movies and programs that delve into different dimensions. Suffice to say, just allow your mind to open to multi-realities of which you mm, trans mm, travel, transverse, transverse, travel, transverse between realities during your awake time, meditation times, sleep times. Mm, and even within your human consciousness, you can move between different realities emotionally. Mm, okay, I did not know that. Within, for example, let us say within the space of one hour in a particularly volatile emotional state, you may move between many different emotions such as anger and despair and upset and sadness and grief. And each of these takes you to a different reality. When we see mm, things from a different perspective, through different eyes, through different emotions, through different viewpoints, we are seeing different realities. 
When you step into another's shoes, as many of you do, which is beautiful and compassionate, when we mm, when we would encourage you to see into why is somebody behaving in such a way and you try to put yourself in their shoes, you are seeing through their eyes and their reality. When you read books of a different reality, if somebody's experience within their experiences and realities, all the while you are expanding your own awareness of these multiple realities of which you are living simultaneously. You may well have heard that there is no time, there is no past, there is no present, there is no future, there is all now and everything is within the now. Within that now there are multiple realities, multiple dimensions, multiple levels, all simultaneously happening, coexisting um, in the one reality um, within different dimensions. It is complex and many of you including this one find it difficult to comprehend but this awareness will become more normalized and easier to understand as your consciousness expands and also as um, evidence which is already present but there will be more so until it can no longer be squashed and suppressed but evidence of um, such as I such as Eli that we are amongst you that we visit and have visited for a long time as this evidence becomes more and more then um, it is like an awakening and un locking of a portal within the mind to be able to comprehend and understand these different realities. We know it is difficult to comprehend because your, your existence so far as humans is this reality, which is linear, this 3D reality, which is all there is. It's very difficult for you to see the multi-dimensions and multi-realities, but you are beginning to open to it. And the more you do, the more you will see. Is it then, you said that based on the, I love that analogy there of when you were angry and sad and despair and all of that, that every time you jump on emotion, you're jumping from a, to a new reality. Is reality based on the perceiver and not an actual existence of, of a reality? In other words, where we're in is a conscious agreement among all humans that this is the world that we live in. But what you just said is the perception will change. Is it is it the perception that changes? Is it the perceiver? It is, it is a beautiful question indeed. It is within the perceiver. You see, when we teach of you are creator and all is created from your place of co-creating, you mm -hmm. indeed co-create with others and the universe, but you are creating your own reality. You are not creating the reality of another. So whilst what you do can impact on the reality of another, that is their choice, whether they choose to respond, react or ignore. If they choose to ignore, it has not impacted on their reality. You are responsible for your reality only. However, the impact can have a ripple effect on others should they choose to align with it. Mm. If we were to try to explain that there is mm, truly 
there is only you and a reflection of multi-dimensional versions of you. Mm. How to make this understandable for you. Everything is a mirror. Like in the mm, those fairgrounds with the many mirrors and you go into the room and you see many mirrors and it looks like there are many people in there, but there is only you. There is a strange reality that is warped with all of these mirrors. This is as much as we could liken your reality to. Where do you put the mirrors? How do you view the mirrors? If you see the mirrors at a 90 degree angle, you see this view. If you move the mirror to a 45 degree angle, you see a different view. If you rise up and looking down on it, you see a different view. But you are responsible for the mirrors, how many, where they're placed, how they are, because you are the architect of your reality. This is hard, we know. <laughs> no, it, it is. It's fascinating because now we're talking about I love this again, this metaphor of the the person in the hall of mirrors, which is what it's called in a, in a fairgrounds or a carnival. Thank you. There is only one of you, but there is hundreds of reflections of you. So you, are you saying that our perception is the perceiver, which is the, the person in the hall of mirrors? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And all the perceptions or or realities are the reflections in the in the hall of mirrors. Does that make yes. sense? Indeed, indeed. You see, in each and the many uh, incarnations that you have had in different dimensions, different realms, and different experiences, some of which are happening simultaneously. In this moment, you may be living a dozen different lifetimes at the same time, in different realms, in different realities, but they are all you. And mm, at some juncture, junction and juncture, correct both words, yes, then you can meet the knowledge of these other yous. And you may not meet the other yous. You may do sometimes go into a dream and think, I met this person, I really knew them, and, oh, it was me in another lifetime. Mm, a little like your film, Parallel Doors, yes, mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. realities. This is so different realities, different outcomes, different realities. So they are happening simultaneously at, and you can step into the knowledge of them. So because you can access the knowledge, then where is the reality? If it was not me who experienced that thing that gave the knowledge, how can I take the knowledge from it? And so it becomes this framework that you put the box around of what I can and cannot accept to be truth. When we would say that this is normal and all right, but the more you can bring the walls of the boxes down, the more you see the multifaceted hall of mirrors that we describe, that each of these reflections is a different aspect of you, all of which you are creating in the now. 
and all of which is to help you know who you are, that you are source personified, you are creator, you are having a wondrous experience, you are having a joyous or a painful experience, because indeed you choose both, because they help you to know who you are. And so you can tap into each of these. So to answer the question, what is real, we would simply say, what do you choose to be real? In, in, in my studies of yogis and masters, uh, spiritual masters on, on earth, if you will, they are able to connect to knowledges beyond their own. Is that not only connecting to source energy, but also connecting to the multitude of lives and lifetimes and accessing that information on a, I hate to use the word subconscious level, but on another level besides the experience that we're in. I know that my, for everyone listening, my head's starting to hurt as well. Uh, so I'd love to. We you understand can help us. and agree with everything you just said. <laughs> you have a wondrous understanding of this. Yes, indeed. Beautiful. Um, the yogis, the spiritual masters and teachers have access to their own spiritual teams, their own past lives, their own future lives as well, as well as source and the masters and what we would call the grand masters as well, such as Jesus, Buddha. There are so many, what some of you will call prophets, we would call the grand masters, the enlightened ones who came before you to show you the way. They are the teachers, the prophets. And these yogis and spiritual teachers have access to this knowledge and have brought forth it into this now. Many of them are not here to learn or experience, but to show show the way they are seers they are the teachers that chose to come back into incarnate into the physical form to help the masses particularly at this time of such great change they are mm, most of them to be trusted you will know the ones that feel genuine um there are as in any mm, walk of life those that think they can and those that can and there is a difference and so we would suggest you use your discernment there are some obvious fakes and these are easy to spot but know the difference between those that mm, purport to be able to do and those that actually do there is an underlying humbleness with those that are sure. genuinely enlightened uh, can you shine a light on the concept of time and space and its relationship to consciousness? Ah. <laughs> we <laughs> will need to bring somebody else in of higher level for this. This is advanced even for us. Please wait <laughs> a moment. Okay. Sure. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. We are now tapped into source energy directly, which is wondrous for us too. So to answer the question, the vastness of consciousness is all that is, is source energy, is hmm, the beginning, the alpha, the omega, the whole. Um, it is in all that is and in all the absence of all that is. It is in everything. And so... Hmm, 
the consciousness reality. Mm. It is to feel into the oneness that all energy has a form of consciousness, whether it have a life form such as a person or animal or plant, or whether it have an energy form such as rock, mineral, crystal, water, has an energy form rather than a life form. It all has a form of consciousness because it is all formed from consciousness. It is all formed from the energy of source and all that is. It is made up of the particles of energy of which you are all made up. And those particles, they have their source in the energy of pure love, for love creates. And all is born from creation, even the dust that makes up the particles of a rock, a piece of sand is a form of consciousness. And it is within your own belief of what is dead and what is alive and what has consciousness and what has form that gives it meaning. If you were to pick up a handful of sand and give it meaning of consciousness, you will find that sand will talk to you. Mm -hmm. It is within your own belief you are projecting your beliefs of consciousness into anything you can do this to a wall you can do this to the air show me the consciousness and you can formulate a face out of the air like you would see in the movies like you would see with the mm, the masters of energy flow that can manipulate energy so can you all when you tap into and align your consciousness with it. Do you see? I do. Thank you so much for bringing in uh, the uh, the special guest uh, <laughs> to help us answer that question. Um, well, let me ask you this now, because we're talking, we've been talking a lot about physics, metaphysics, the nature of reality. These are very deep questions. What is your take on where quantum physics is currently and its relationship to spirituality and to the topics that we're talking about? Is it a way? Is it far away? Is it close? Is it a way for us to open our awareness and consciousness more? It is closer than you realize. We um, we would like to correct um the assumption that the former information is coming directly from source. It was coming from source consciousness, awareness, rather than source himself. If source was here, the power would be too much. We tap into it and bring it down. Um, and that has now, the door is still open for that awareness so that we may answer this question for you. But quantum physics and metaphysics have never been closer than they are now. They have started to open the portal 
1923, around that time, is when metaphysics and quantum physics began to collide into the awareness. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And has been growing in awareness ever since. There were some doors being tried to be open for some hundred years before, but every time a door was opened a little bit, a backdraft would close it because, and we say backdraft, it was us closing it, not you, because you were not ready to receive such information. It would have been too mm, destructive, Mm. confusing, mm, misused, and not ready. So the door was closed. However, the doors have been being shown to you through these portals that have been opening since the millennium. And the awareness has been growing. Doors have been opening more. In terms of, are we nearly there yet? Are we almost there? We would say that within the next 15 to 18 years, you will start to see some real evidence of what you already know in your consciousness to be in existence. You will begin to see. And that will include a portal opening into other worlds. Oh, how exciting. Um, They're showing me, uh, this is me now, they're showing me a portal opening. It's a a, a movie that I've seen, a a program, um, and they're saying this is going to be a reality. Do you know what it's called? It's Uh, you know, yeah, I understand. It's a yeah, it's a it's a I I get it, and science science is going to and science can actually. They're quantum, starting to play with that. Quantum leap, quantum something. Quantum leap, yeah, quantum leap does that, yeah. Right, okay. So they they step back then. Okay, they're coming forward again. Okay. Okay. This is a reality for you. It is already a reality, but you haven't yet seen it. You will begin to see it as you move into mm, 15 to 18 years. By 2045, this will be one of several portals that are opening and you will be given the knowledge and support to use them appropriately. It is within your lifetime. Well, that is kind of exciting. Um, And hopefully they can look back at this interview and say, hey, you like called it. Well, it's it's really interesting what's happening on our planet right now because we're so it seems like everything is upside down and so much hate and other things that are going on, war and ego are are happening. But at the same time, there's this great awakening going on. Where do you see our species, our collective consciousness moving? in the coming years into a far greater and safer space than you have ever been whilst you 
look at it now and say, and many of you have been saying it's going to the dogs, it's getting worse and worse. In fact, it is getting better and better. We would refer you to your history books and the way that you used to treat each other. Just allow yourself to recall the typical behaviors of the middle ages of oh. one village upon another village of um flailing skinning alive heads on spikes um whole villages and societies killed and wiped out has been going on for millennia and millennia going back to through the bible the quran so many mass extinctions mass wipes out has always gone on and so when you look at the state of the world today and you see a war here and a war there indeed there are this is nothing compared with how it was 500 years ago how it was 100 years ago when you were just coming out of world war one and 60 70 years ago when you were just coming out of world war ii that this is an improvement if you choose to see it from where we see we see a mm, massive improvement in mortality rates and mass casualties in wars yes they still go on and yes the enlightenment that you all seek will lead to peace and harmony and cooperation and you will get there you are not there yet but you are further along than you think you are when you look at it from that perspective and you also see that as humans you are barbaric if you compared yourself with any other species, look at the ant colony and the way they will kill each other. Look at uh, primates, monkeys, chimpanzees, the way they will rip each other apart and kill each other. You seem to think that you are the only species on the planet who is unkind to each other. You are not, you know. So please start to see your worth and your divinity and your improvements and to be proud of the way that you are progressing for we are very proud of you. You are progressing, some faster than others, we would admit, and there are still some very large egos and control people and power-hungry people on your planet, but there always has been, and this is beginning to reduce now. It will take some time and several generations to wipe this power-hungry phase out but it is phasing out indeed as communication talking negotiation and so many other higher vibration energies become more normalized rather than rare and they are becoming normalized thank you so much for that uh, you did mention something in regards to that we've never been this close and we've never been this awakened. Does that include Atlantis, Lemuria, or any other past civilizations, which apparently were more advanced than we were? Indeed, they were more advanced. However, they too had their power-hungry people and their issues, and they had no conscious awareness of alternatives. It was actually quite a closed um, society and 
should you tune into your memory banks, you will remember, Alex, for you were there. All right. And so when it went to the dogs, we like to say, and went wrong, um, it all collapsed and the um, technology was withdrawn at that time. And so it did not go. It has been withdrawn or buried or hidden or just temporarily removed, whichever mm, way that you would prefer to see it. It is, in fact, still there, but out of your conscious awareness. Mm. So what you have been seeing recently with these quantum physics doorways opening, portals opening, is a glimpse into the old technologies. But this time there is a preparation. Mm. When Lemuria went wrong, they did it again 10,000 years later, or so roughly on your timescale, with Atlantis, and it went wrong again. Each time we have said, what are the lessons that can be learned? How can we not do it wrong next time? In those times, you had what you currently call nuclear um, energy to fire up your world you had much of the technology that is in existence now some of the technology you are not currently aware of but it is already on this planet and is being what we would say hidden or in secret will come up and out into awareness in the next few decades um so we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show in terms of this has never happened before, we have combined the knowledges of multiple societies and cultures across multiple dimensions and advancements, which was not done before. And so obviously you know that there was higher level beings that would have visited you and helped build this technology. You did not build the pyramids by yourself. You know this. We were there at that time to help you. And so there has always been um, advanced societies um, from other dimensions and realms helping you. But it would have been on what we would say perhaps a task-by-task -task basis. Who shall we send to help them build the pyramids? Who shall we send to help them build nuclear energy to power their planet? And we would send a specific society to help you. But it was not balanced enough. It was not conscious enough. So this time has been much in the planning, much in the preparation and the balance of mm, several societies are pooling together. You may have heard of the Galactic Federation. You may have heard of the Council of Eight, the Council of Twelve. There are many higher level beings and um, masters and dimensions working together to raise the um, vibration of planet earth at this time ready in this awakening which began um, some time ago and so 
Mm, you knew it was coming. The age, the dawning of the age of Aquarius has been spoken of for much time. We are now in this time. It has been a build up over the last century or two. And it is now like an egg cracking open into that awareness. Mm, and much like an egg cracking open and the chicken uh clucking its way, pecking its way out into a new world. This is what you are doing as a society. And from our realms higher up here in higher levels of consciousness, we are working with you to aid you in this process. This is a 400-year mm, process of mm, when it first cracked open the egg to completion. However, your world is a very different world with each passing year. As the next decade, you will not mm, believe the differences you see by the time you come to 2032. Such wondrous times of change. And yes, they will go on for three, four hundred years, but you will see enormous change in your lifetime, as will much of the people watching this show. So we ask that you trust that things are not going to the dogs, but rather the opposite, that you are not alone, but very supported and much loved, that you are waking up to your enormous capacity and increased consciousness and vibration for change, which you are the masters of your reality and you are creating and co-creating with our assistance. But you, mm, you are doing it. We could not do it for you. You are doing it. And we uh, love have, you indeed. Thank you so much for that. I have just two more questions. One, from your perspective, are the stories in the Bhagavad Gita and the mythological stories that we heard of and things that we see in the pyramids and the hieroglyphs of stories and old technologies and all of this stuff and flying machines that were beyond us and nuclear power used in the past that starting evidence is starting to come up for this and the younger Dryas where meteors hit the planet and the great flood, all that stuff. Is this all myth and just storytelling or are there grains of reality in this? There are more than grains of reality. Not all of it is 100% accurate. Some of it has been misinterpreted, misunderstood. Some of it has been deliberately mm, obliterated. What we would say, erase that. They, they cannot know about that, erase that. Mm. But... Was Is it all true? No, some of it is exaggeration and mythology, but it all has more than a grain of truth in its basis. It has its basis in truth and reality of a different time and space, which you are coming back into in a more advanced and conscious way. So the power of the pyramids is correct. The power of silver spaceships that are buried under Atlantis, under the Arctic, under the water. These are all true. And they will come to light in the next few decades. 
And finally, do you have any parting words for our audience? We are thankful for this time with you. We are grateful to share this knowledge with you. We are available to you, not just through Julie Paul, through your own spiritual teams. We can access and your spiritual teams can access higher level knowledge. Just open your mind and your hearts to it. When you open your heart and your mind and merge them into love for life, love for self, love for one another, love for knowledge, then the knowledge you seek comes forward. As you grow in knowledge, you grow in awareness. And as you grow in awareness, you grow in consciousness. And as your consciousness expands, so your heart and your love expands for yourself and for each other and so we come full circle back to that oneness with yourself and so please know you are not alone you are not separate from each other or from us or from your consciousness or from your reality we love you indeed you back i'm back I never go far. I'm still here. You'll often sort of see me. I look, I don't know why I always kind of see them here. I kind of go, really? I did not know that. Um, I saw you do that. You're like, oh, that's going to be portals. What? <laughs> I've learned so much over the 25 years that I've been actively conversing with them. I, I, I read a lot of books, but I have taken most of my knowledge directly from the higher realms. It's like, let's just go to where the knowledge the source. is. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this seemed to be a very, well, since you've never done this before in this kind of forum publicly before, what did you think of the questions, the answers, the the whole I interaction? Oh, Alex, it's so much easier to have somebody ask you questions where I could hold the space <laughs> without having to kind of pull out. And I would, you know, if, if you look at any of the channeling live shows on my um uh, on my YouTube channel, it's kind of, you know, I'll stop, I'll go and read, you know, Josh wants to know this, and then I'll ask the question, then I've got to get back in the energy and get, get, and I've not had access to such high level information before, as I just did with you. It's oh, wow. the questions that I'm asked generally are more day to day. And because right. I keep breaking the connection and coming in, um, I can't get as high um, as when I can hold that connection because I'm getting higher and higher, which means I can access higher and higher knowledge. And that's ultimately what we want to be able to do. So that was a gift for me to be able to, you know, I, I, at the moment, I still remember what they said. And so I've I've gained in my knowledge there. Um and some of it was surprising, especially when they showed me that program. I'm like, I remember this program, Quantum something it was called. And they're showing quantum leap. That's it was quantum happen. leap. That's gonna yeah. happen. I'm like, really? Yeah. Are you sure? And they're like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay then. That's amazing. Well, I'm so glad. Uh well, Julie, I'm gonna ask you a few questions to ask all my guests. Okay. Um, what is your definition of living a fulfilled life? I think a fulfilled life for me is one where you participate in it rather than observe of it. So with all its ups and downs that we are experiencing life in all its forms. If you had a chance to go back in time and speak to the younger girl that used to be you, what advice would you give her? Hang on in there. 
you won't always be seen as weird and wacky. (laughs) We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. How do you define God? All and everything that is and is not and pure love. And what is the ultimate purpose of life? To know you are God, to know you are love, to know who you are. And where can people find out more about you, the work you're doing, and pick up your books uh, from hope to having and uh, and the uh, and the booklet that comes along with it? Thank you so much. Uh, my website is juliepoolonline.com and my YouTube channel is Julie Pool. Um, and my books are available on Amazon worldwide. They're also available in stores, but I believe in stores you have to order them, go and ask for it. Um, and it's from hoping to having the three R's to create your best life. But everybody just calls it from hoping to having. And that's why that will work. So Julie Pull's book, From Hoping to Having, um, it's been phenomenal. Um information that's gone out there in every aspect of life and my team Eli asked me to write it so that we could help more people to live their best life and to know who they are and to empower them into their choices so um, thank you for giving me that platform to be able to gently invite and suggest people might find that book helpful it's available in ebook hardback paperback and audiobook and i'm putting a um a sale on it on the ebook um on the 23rd to the 30th of june where i've taken 50 percent off so it can access more people let's get it out there let's get the message out there thank you alex of course and do you have any parting messages for the audience thank you for having me um Know who you are, trust in yourself, believe in yourself, watch shows like this, listen to podcasts like this, grow, expand in your consciousness, find the teachers. When the the pupil is ready, the teacher will appear. Trust your journey and your awakening, beautiful soul. Thank you, Julie, so much for coming on the show. And thank you for your work in helping awaken the, the planet, my dear. Thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Alex. I want to thank Julie so much for coming on the show and sharing her knowledge with all of us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 299. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.